You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Girls on the Grid podcast. I'm Priya hosting today's episode live from Auckland at the moment. I'm actually back in my hotel room um, after a huge weekend but also a very emotional weekend. Last ever event at Pukekohe. Um, which is really sad. It's such a cool place. I haven't been here a whole lot, but my family has done quite a lot here. My dad raised here. My grandfather raised here. Um, My great-grandfather has actually got his ashes spread at the venue. So yeah, really special place and uh, was really nice to kind of be a part of the last event and sending it off. But yeah, it was such a good event and put on some great racing. I think it was the perfect send-off, honestly. But yeah, really sad to see it go. Uh, but hopefully next year, we'll, I'm not sure if we're going to Hampton Downs or or Highlands or wherever. Pukekohe is great and it'll be hard to top. Hopefully we'll be back in New Zealand anyway next year. Uh, but for today's episode, I caught up with Toyota 86 driver Maddie Dunstan. She's currently in her second season of Toyota 86. Um, and she's come up through Aussie racing cars, which she did for a few years. And she had a really successful karting career. So, yeah, we talked all about that. She's a really lovely girl and she works extremely hard. And, yeah, it was great to catch up with her. So let's get into that chat. Now introducing Maddie Dunstan. Maddie, thank you for joining me on the Girls on the Grid podcast. That's okay. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. So let's get straight into it. You're racing in the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 series this year. How has the season been so far? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, Coming from Aussie Cars a few years ago, um, I found this is more bigger more stronger in a way of racing whereas um back in Aussie cars it was more just for fun type thing I think I don't know it just I find the 86 series more of a competitive sport um more of a a younger category as well I think so it makes it really easy to get along with everyone and um on the track with even just the coaches and everyone involved it's a very good atmosphere to be in I love the category so much so it's been really really good We'll go all the way back. You started quite young in karts at age seven. So how did you initially get into motorsport? Where did the love for it all start for you? Um, So I used to watch my dad grow up, well, me growing up watching him race go-karts. And as soon as I was old enough, he got me a go-kart at the age of six, did some practicing. And when I was seven, I could then race competitively and, yeah, fell in love, put the helmet on and, yeah, ever since it's just been a thing I love so much. And how was your karting career? Is there any kind of major highlight moments that stand out to you at all? Um, I used to do a lot of state championships. I won a couple of those and being the only female in the race as well, it's always pretty cool to beat the boys. And at that age, everyone that I was friends with couldn't really understand it. So it was really cool at that kind of age to show what you can do um, other than doing just girly stuff, I guess. And was that quite a busy time for you? Like were you travelling around the country with go-karting? Like you said you won, well, you did a lot of state stuff. So I can imagine there would have been 
a fair bit of travel involved? Yes, it was um, our van and trailer all around Queensland for about eight years um, up until we got in a, um, a race car. So, yes, there was a lot of travelling and there still is. But, um, yes, in go-karts there was. And was there, like, were there ever any other sports or hobbies that you wanted to do or that you did or has it always just been racing? Um, no, I've, mum tried to get me into dancing and, yeah. um, I even tried basketball a couple of years ago and it's just not for me. I rather put a helmet on and sit in the car and race. Awesome. Um, so when was the moment that you knew you wanted to take it further than go-karts and, and step into a race car? Uh, so back in 2015, I had won the last state championship up in Townsville and, everyone around me was kind of being very supportive and saying like, well, what are you going to do now? Like, are you going to do go-karts next year? And this is when I was starting to get my learners and everything like that. So I was getting a bit older and um, even the people I was racing with every weekend were kind of stepping out of that as well. So dad and I thought like, what are we going to do? So we went and bought an Aussie car and took that out for first practice at the Phillip Island round. I had no experience in a car at all. Um, as in North Queensland, there's nowhere really to jump on a track for the weekend in practice other than our go-kart track, which doesn't help as much. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it started and it all happened very quickly. It was like I got an Aussie car for Christmas and then January, February, we went to Phillip Island and raced. So starting in Aussie race cars at 16, that's, that's quite a huge step, um, especially as you were saying, you didn't have a whole lot of experience, but how was that transition for you going from the karting career and then now stepping into race cars in such a, a very competitive field? Um, so with dad's experience, um, he was also just mainly in go-karting. He did a few car races, but we both went into it not really knowing what we were doing. And obviously with the support around us, we got all the help we needed and the sponsorships and all the, the bills were paid and it helped a lot uh, for us to focus on the car side of things, if that makes sense. Like him knowing what he can do on the car to change on how it can drive and me learning the different techniques and asking all the other competitors how what do you do on this corner you know like it's just it's literally just jumping yourself into the deep end and learning as you go so I'm still learning every weekend that we race so yes yeah awesome and I guess because you were quite young um doing carts and then coming into Aussie racing cars how do you go about balancing things like school and your social life because you know it takes away so much from that it really does and at that age too I um, was still in school and I was thinking of um, dropping out of year 10 which I ended up doing and as like the years progressed in the Aussie cars I just realized that this is what I wanted to do and stood out of um, kind of social life a bit and I'm, I'm better at it now but being in racing and motorsport and everything it is really your priority in a way so it's you gotta make sure that you get all your training in and all the travel you have to do and all the things leading up to a race weekend and it's like oh I can't go to my friend's 21st because I'm away and it's yeah so it's it's hard but we make it work mm-hmm. great and no, I love the dedication and what was probably your biggest highlights for your Aussie racing car career 
Um, it's when I was in Tassie and did my first top 10 out of 40 cars. I thought that was amazing. Like, and it was pissing down rain. I couldn't see out of my windscreen. There's no windscreen wipers on Aussie cars. So I just, wow, I didn't know I, that. Oh, yeah. It's that's the, annoying. the windscreen is made out of like plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So it was a hectic weekend and to like come in, I had no idea I was in eighth position and everyone was just like, Oh my God. And I remember that weekend so clearly, like it was such a great weekend and um, also winning the women's championship in 2017. That was really good. And obviously with Aussie cars, it helped them want to get more females into the obviously category and get more exposure of that girls can do this too. So it was good to kind of get up there in a way. Like I'm always not sitting at the back of the grid, but it's when you know you've done your goal, then other people do notice that. And yeah, it was, it was really good. Those moments. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess um, one thing that stands out to me with these Aussie cars is that they're so little and I feel like every time <laughs> I watch them there is just chaos happening like when these yeah. cars crash like they just seem to get like torn apart did you ever have any big moments or, or crashes or anything um yes I've had a few dings and lots of crashes but my biggest crash was actually on my 16th birthday in Darwin <laughs> I had um come around one of the corners and someone has stopped on the track and I didn't see them and it literally like in slow-mo the fiberglass on both of our cars just shattered there was nothing like left I was like oh my god and that was like my first crash really in the Aussie cars so um that was crazy and also just going around the track full wide you know going around a corner and that's what what the A86 has made it so different was how bigger the car is and me getting used to an actual car. Obviously, the Aussie car is not an actual car. It's very small. And, yeah, to adjust to the 86s, it was quite a big jump. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so going to that after Aussie racing cars and moving up to 86, which is quite a different car, how was um, the transition from that in terms of, of driving and the car itself? So it was it was good learning like the H pattern, having to use a clutch and having that much more bigger of an area to your left. <laughs> so um, it was just learning how much room to give really as well um, on the track. You're used to having two cars side by side and they're right there, whereas in the 86 they're still kind of a car length away, not really realising. And the 86 is with the H pattern, learning how to use the clutch. It just took little practices every um, now and then, even just out on the road because at the time I did have an 86 that I'd drive to work every day. Yeah, so that made it a little bit easier. Obviously, manual's not that hard to learn, but it's when you're doing over 100Ks an hour and not making a mistake, you know. So, it, yeah, it was all right of a transition. I still am so used to the Aussie cars with the gear shifts being on the right-hand side and not having to use the clutch and, yeah, so it's really different. Yeah, and you're now you're in your second season now, but we'll probably say your first proper season after COVID. Yeah. Um, yes. But what's probably been some of the, the best moments for you so far? Um, definitely my goal every weekend to race is just to finish the race. No matter how damaged the car is or where I am, what position, I just need to cross the finish line. 
so that's mine and dad's big thing is obviously points and um, just bringing the car home in a one good piece. <laughs> if it needs some fixing, that's fine. But um, but the some moments I like is when you do have a few battles on the track and it's, you know, you get like adrenaline and you're having so much fun. And I haven't met many of the boys. And so I think there's still a couple of seasons to come where I do get a bit more comfortable um, and making more, not memories, but achievements and stuff is in that as well. So, yeah. Yeah, the racing in Toyota as a whole, it's so competitive, like huge field, good mix of young drivers, you've got older drivers, the guest drivers. So, yeah, it's yeah such a good category to learn a lot about racecraft and I guess what have been some big kind of learning moments for you in that sense? Um, the way the car works in a way, like there was a lot of electrical, like dad and I had to get used to all the data and stuff that we now are learning still. And with all like the training and stuff as well, and gone to Norwell and just learning about the 86 in general, it was, um, really good to have them there. And like every weekend they're always asking if we need help. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's good. It's everyone's so helpful. Like that's one thing yeah. I, I really like about the category. Everyone's really nice yeah. and all just all just there for the same reason, which I love. Literally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you mentioned you had some you've had some good battles out on the track. Um what have been what's been probably your your biggest your most memorable moment in the category? Um in Townsville it was very hectic yeah. <laughs> as you probably remember yep. so it was more so learning how to look up and literally focus on what's going on and with the amount of cars that were going crazy and all around me and it was just so fun to try and like I don't know <laughs> not fun but like it was great to see how all of us work together to kind of get through you know so if someone had crashed in front it was you follow the person in front type thing and it was fun to battle with all the groups of people and in, even sand down the weekends, just gone, going up to the back of the main straight and three of us are going wide up the back straight and it was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And, yeah, it's just little moments like that. It's just like you get excited and you come back in and you're like, I want to go back out again. Like it's every race, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So – um, tell us a bit about some of the people you've got sponsoring you. What are some of the connections there and how do you go about getting them on board? Um, so this is definitely all kind of my dad and his partner's work, Joe. So he manages quite a lot. And then we have uh, my manager over in New Zealand, Peter. He does quite a bit of the emailing and contacting and stuff as well. And it's also in Townsville. Most All my sponsors really are all local. And they really just jumped on board from even knowing who I was at the age of eight. And now they've seen where I've come. So they're like, oh, I want to jump on board, you know, type thing. And so I've got quite a lot of local sponsors. We've got like Otto's, McDonald's, like a signage company, paint company. So all the sponsors that we would need if um, we would need the car repaired, which is good that – that we have those types of sponsors. Obviously, it's very handy. And um, I don't get free Maccas, though. Everyone I was going to say, do you get discounted yep. Maccas? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do get some, like, free coffee card things. But, 
Yeah, I always just go through the drive-through and I pay. So it's, yeah, I don't get free macros. I love that. <laughs> yes, and yeah, it's just all the local support, even if they're not giving us money, that but they're helping us get our name out type thing, like ambassador type, and yeah, and having um, on our boot of the car, we have like a mad boot fans so we have like my fans on Facebook or people have been following me for years um they can pay a little amount and have their name on the boot and it's just little things like that that help us get to where we are yeah that's great it sounds like you got a lot of support on board which is great um and for the majority of the year there's a fair bit of travel for you involved as we talked about before being all the way up in North Queensland um but you do get a home round for the towns around, which is really cool. Um, but what does the prep for a race weekend look like for you? Um, so firstly, it depends where we last were. So, for example, in Sandown, before then, Dad had to drive all the way to Melbourne from Townsville and I flew. <laughs> I don't go in the car. Yes. <laughs> and before then, it's doing training five days a week, um, simulator training, um, light reaction training, any car we can get in on the weekend, we go out to the skid pan out at Drive It, um, where they're going to be building our new track. Hopefully it will be ready by the end of the year. Oh, so, great. yeah, so I'll finally have a track That's to exciting. practice on. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just mainly that up like every week leading up mm-hmm. to wherever we're going. And so after Sandown, Dad's actually left the car down there in Sydney because our next friend's in Bathurst. That way he doesn't have to drive all the way home and then all the way back down. So we do think of things like that. So that way we're not just travelling 24-7. It's We're making sure that, yeah, we're good with the car, obviously, if Dad needs to go down a little bit earlier, which I think he'll have to for Bathurst just to fix a few things up from Sandown, but yeah, such a big event too. Yes, it is. For that one. Yes. Yeah. And he's very, um, pedantic of uh, making the car look good. <laughs> he's good. a little perfectionist. Yes. So great. Yeah. And just, uh, with the Townsville event, um, that must be quite exciting cause it's just down the road for you really. Um, do you have any, do you have friends and family come support, come and support you for that one? Yes, we do. And um, I even get grammar along and my boss and I even, um, as a job, I have my clients come up to my pit and they're like, oh my God, I didn't know you did this. And I'm like, I don't oh, just so tell cool. people. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> and, so cool. And just like, obviously my brother, my partner, like my sister, mum, dad's obviously there already. And it's just so much fun to have them all there. Um like you're not having to come in from a race and me grabbing my phone and having to ring mum straight away and like what happened type thing and she's already right there. Like it's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah, um, all my sponsors are all local as I was saying so they all get to come along and actually see it all happen over a weekend, not just, you know, help pay this money, the, the money and just see it on TV and it's good for them because that will make them want to keep, kind of supporting in a way no that's good you've got a a lot of great support around you and especially your dad who's your crew chief and supported you all throughout your racing career but how do you find working in such a such a high intensity environment um (laughs) with your dad on a race weekend do you guys work well together are there any clashes or is it usually pretty smooth 
a lot of clashes yeah. but I think that's just a daughter and dad thing um I don't know about any other kids in the category but I do see their dads around with a few teams and I I hear it and I'm like oh yep that's what what we do too like it's so normal um obviously having your dad as your manager pit crew mechanic everything over a whole weekend is a lot because <laughs> then when you come home you don't want to see him for like a whole week <laughs> you're like ah, oh, no I'll wait till the next round thanks but it's it's good like we can talk in a way where I don't know I felt I wouldn't be as comfortable with someone else like dad just gets me he understands me he's been he's my dad like it's he knows what he can do to fix a situation even if it's personal or on track or with the car and it's um easier I think yeah so I don't know it it works it's funny like some weekends and my dad's partner does have to like take him away and calm him down a little bit mellow the 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 vibe and bring him back and yeah so no it's good yeah no it's the exact same with my my dad and brother in 86 yeah yes actually I'm I'm just there and I'm like okay I'm actually just gonna walk away and I'm just gonna let him let them do their thing oh yeah my partner does that he's like okay I'll come back in 10 I'm like yeah (laughs) that's how it goes um and I guess for you as a driver is there anything that you're personally wanting to improve on uh definitely wanting to improve on my driving skills with the 86 um just already learning a lot every weekend is making me um kind of feel more competitive and aggressive in the car in a way like I'm getting more comfortable and learning how I can take certain corners and with all the tracks we've been doing over the past couple of years it was my first time there so just even getting to the track again on a weekend where we can go down and do a test day and just getting more of that practice in at the track that we are racing on um, as that was my first time at Sandown so it's hard where a few of the other kids have raced there before or do test days there every month or so and I've just jumped in and it's my first time there. So it's really hard to kind of, I don't know, the things I probably need to like feel more comfortable is being so close to the other cars on the track and learning how to take each corner and overpassing. And um, I want to really try to get into the mid of the pack next year hopefully so that way I'm more in the action if that makes sense not more so just chilling in the back and watching everyone so yeah yeah, it's it's a big process like Mm -hmm. being in motorsport for a long time and you think well why is she sitting at the back all the time it's it does take quite a lot of practice um getting up there it's not just the money (laughs) yeah and 86 is just such a big field like yeah so many it's absolute chaos. Like you look at some of the the kids that are in it and you, it's kind of almost, it's like, oh, what could go wrong? Just throwing in all these young kids in this huge field. They all just want to be at the front. But yep. yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it, it definitely does, does take time for sure. Yeah. And are there any drivers that you personally look up to and have inspired you in your racing career? Definitely Chaz. I've we've known Chaz oh I'm gonna say eight years now. So 
watching him from the very first time he rolled out in a V8 and seeing where he is today, I'm just like, oh, I, like, I want to be that. Like watching him be able to do it, then thinking like I can too type thing. And even just some of the kids I've raced with in go-karts and seeing them getting signed up in F1 and getting into supercars and F2s and it's just crazy to know that that is possible. And I've just kind of looked up to those people I know personally and have raced with before or grown up with and, like, even a few kids that I used to race with um, in Townsville, they're always, like, wanting to know what they can do to, you know, kind of get to where I am, like, because they're a bit younger. And it's, I don't know, It's I just look up to kind of everyone, but mainly Chaz, like, he's... He's so cool. He's fun. He can literally talk to you about anything and he doesn't just push you away or, you know, he's really genuine. I work with Chaz and he's, oh, he's so awesome. He's so much yeah. fun. Um, he's fun. He's but, fun. <laughs> yeah. But he's such a, like, you can tell he's really kind of mentally, he's really in the game, you know, yeah. which is yeah. great. Yeah. He's good. And in, in 2018, we crowned cams female driver of the year yeah so I got invited to go to the cams awards night and I nearly shit myself I was like no I'm not going because <laughs> I had to do a speech and everything in front of all these important people and like people I don't even know their names but I know they're serious and yeah. like they're there for a reason and I just was like, no, I don't want to go, don't want to go. And Dad's like, you do realise as soon as you get on that stage, all those people are going to know who you are. And they could like, I know. And I was like, great. So, no, I don't want to go. And it was more like getting my name out there. In a way I was thinking like, okay, yeah, okay, it's a good idea. (laughs) But, yeah, I shit myself. I was like so scared. I was, my heart was going to come out of my chest as soon as I walked on stage. But I guess that's a part of gaining confidence in motorsport too is also being able to talk to anyone and let people know your story and I think being the only female there as well that won the award it was yeah really cool Mm -hmm. and I can imagine yeah Cam's now Motorsport Australia the Cam's female driver of the year like that that must have been very motivating for you. I can yes, imagine. it was. And because it was like, yeah, at the end of the year, it was kind of like me and Dad were like, well, shit, well, now we've got to make me look even better for 2019. <laughs> but, yes, it was very intimidating, but it was so cool. Like the trophy sits on my desk still every day and it's, yeah, it's just so amazing that they included a female kind of award. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess what's the main goal for you? What in the future, long term, looking as far ahead as you can, what's kind of the main goal? Where do you want to get to? I do want to race full time and kind of make a a living from it. So not having to do my day job and, you know, all that type of stuff. And I would love to travel and race anywhere in anything. So whether it's in a GT in Phillip Island on the weekend and just competing around or like I don't really have a main goal but supercars would be awesome to be a female and race in supercars even if I'm sitting at the back for the first couple seasons I would just it would be awesome to you know have a paid drive to do that every 
like what is it every second or third weekend of the year like that would be amazing and even just to travel so even race over in Europe or somewhere crazy like that where it's I find so different to how motorsport is in Australia so it'd be cool to see how it all works in a different country so race over there or yeah anything really just put me in something and I'll I'll do it (laughs) great and so would you ever take your racing career as like settling overseas and and racing full-time and something over there it does depend um obviously I have a lot of uh debt on a house and a car and everything over here so yeah it depends on obviously that situation but that would be awesome to even do it as a short term type thing like go over there for a year and do yeah any opportunity that comes up and obviously you can come home and have that experience with you and yeah Mm -hmm. and I guess if you could race just anything in the world and you had no budget limit at all what would you choose Mm, probably the Porsche or the F2 seem really cool like I've never been in an open car so even just to have a go at that that would be really cool and obviously they're the two cars that everyone says are the easiest to drive because of the paddle shift so and I've raced a couple GTs and Porsches or done a few test days in them sorry and it is so much fun like it's so easy or I can say it's easy, but it's easier than like the 86s and stuff. So it's just more fun, I think. I don't know. So to probably do a whole year in that, it'd be so cool. Yeah. And then outside of motorsport, you work at Beauty Body Bar as a beauty therapist. So how do you go about balancing the racing and the work as well? Um, so on a firstly, on a casual contract, <laughs> so taking off the time I need at the start of the year, um, just agreeing on what weekends I can have off. And, yeah, the boss is easy. It's She knew what I would, what I did before she hired me as well. So it's, it's easier in that way. And obviously with clients that I've built a relationship with being there nearly three years, um, they're like, oh, yeah, my brows can wait. You go race, I'll wait. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, like, great. okay, sweet, so thank loyal. you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> So it's it's good, like it's a very good balance and I'm very, very, very lucky to have a job where it is like that. Like I hear other people's stories and their issues with their job and not letting them have time to go away and I think because my boss sees that this is a true like passion I have, like she doesn't want to stop me, you know, like and my dad knows her as well and it's a very good relationship. So it works out really well. Yeah, it's so much better when you've got someone who's understanding and it's just easy. No, that's really good. So what does kind of an average day look like for you outside of motorsport with your work and other commitments? And then I guess coming into a race weekend kind of prep-wise? Um, pretty much routine, wake up, feed dogs, make a coffee, <laughs> drive to work do a eight till four or eight till three and um, then do groceries or, and then after that um, have dinner. So just a normal day. But if working on a weekend um, before we go away, I do gym at four or 5am, do some meal prepping, 
Um, Dad's brought the sim to my house now, so I don't have to go somewhere to get on the sim. I can just do it at 10 o'clock at night if I feel like it. So that way it's easier for me as well. I don't have to drive anywhere because I do live like half an hour out of town. And, yeah, so just a normal life. And then if it's like I have big days at work, like um, I usually don't do much (laughs) um, training and stuff. Like if I've done like four 12-hour days in a row, it depends on like the year as well with my job. Like we've got school holidays coming up, formals, like depends when it's wedding season and like Halloween, like people like to get stuff for Halloween and like Cowboys games are on and they want to tan and it's just, it all depends on what's on and occasions and like Townsville's getting really busy now of events. So having big days at work, it kind of just, I want to just come home and do nothing. (laughs) And I guess um, that gets me to your training. What's kind of your, what's your routine? Do you go on the sim, go to the gym what sort of stuff do you do to keep yourself keep yourself tuned up? Um, definitely the sim. It gets me really keen leading up to a weekend. Like it's like I'm counting down and the sim doesn't help. Like it's just making me more like excited or want to go. I'm like, okay, let's go next, like next weekend. <laughs> and going on runs, taking the dogs for a walk is like one of my main priorities is getting all my steps in. Um at the gym, I do a lot of just weight and weights training. I go with my girlfriend and, yeah, it's it's just like a vibe of just keeping fit, eating healthy, don't eat shit. <laughs> um, otherwise, you can tell on a race weekend, I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've had like a big weekend and then tried to race the next weekend after. Oh, my God. I was so like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> So it does really, yeah, yes, you do. And it honestly is just keeping active. Like usually if I can tell if I've sludged around, I don't feel as motivated or stuff like that. Like I have those days, but obviously getting in the sim and going to gym, it really keeps you motivated on why you're doing it. And my dad obviously is always on my back messaging me like, you been on the sim today? Have you gone to gym? Do you want to go for a walk? Like he's always on it and I guess that's what is a dad and a manager does. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's fairly easy on like all that type of stuff. All right, so we'll go back a bit. We're going to go back to the karting days now. This is Girls on the Grid. Did you ever take notice of the fact that there were less female participants compared to the boys back in the day. Yes, a lot. I was there like only female for quite a few years at the Townsville Kart Club and um, starting to see like even when I go there now, there's like way more girls than what there was when I was racing and even travelling around Queensland at the age of seven and eight and only seeing, like, one other girl on the weekend, it's like, geez, like, there's not many girls that do this, Dad. And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so I had to make friends with boys growing up. And um, obviously being at school, I had people saying, oh, that's that's so easy. I could go do go-karting. Like, they made it as if it's just a thing I wanted to do on the weekend, which it was, but it was like, yeah, well, girls don't want to do that and it was always just a, a thing on 
track as well. Um, being the only girl racing, uh, I felt like I used to get picked on a lot and pushed off the track and not more so bullied off track, but making the boys cry made me feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so, so funny. I think just at that age too, you know, like when you're eight and you're just like, yes, like you deserve that. <laughs> I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine doing that now like (laughs) oh Oh, I love that and I guess did you ever feel like did you you let the pressure get to you ever being that young and and up against so many boys oh definitely especially if it was like boys I was competing with every race meeting like we'd always have that tension obviously knowing what our like um skills were and being up in the front with them all the time it was like I could get really angry in a way and just kind of be like no you're not passing me and all this type of stuff like you can't pass me I'm a girl and it was it was funny in a way (laughs) and yeah yeah and dad always stayed motivated on um who cares You, you can't see what they look like with the helmet on you know like just get through the race and I think that's when I started to not mature a bit, but obviously as I grew older, I realised that it's becoming more um, equal now, I think. Like there's not more any girl or boy. It's just a sport now that we have looked at and gone, oh, yeah, girls can definitely do that, whereas back then it was like girls can't do that. And, yeah, so back then it definitely was very, like, intimidating being the only girl <laughs> yeah, for a while, yeah. And I guess now in the 86, we've we've got Zoe Woods, who's also racing. Um, yes. But the field is, it's still very male dominant. Um, so do you do you feel that pressure now or, or has having that when you were young, has that kind of helped you just ease into it a lot better? And It's definitely eased it growing up in it and I feel like for a girl if she was to just jump in now it would feel intimidating no matter the age or category or anything you're in if you just feel like oh I'm the only girl it does kind of not affect but it does um I don't know kind of prove that it really is a male-dominated sport like and having not many female drivers out there it's sad and like I have people making comments saying like, oh, you've got long hair, you've just got all the money thrown at you and it's like, no, oh <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. Otherwise I wouldn't be racing um, like twice a year. Like it was like you don't realise how hard it is to actually get into motorsport being a female as well. Like I find obviously with the boys they can prove really easily that they can do it Whereas a girl, it's you have to go through all this to prove it, and I don't know. It's it's just I feel like there'll always be that like dominance with the males, but I think they're kind of scared of the girls anyway. So good, <laughs> very good. And our final question is: What advice do you have for other women who are wanting to become race car drivers? To definitely just literally go somewhere where you can get in something and give it a go. Otherwise, you're not ever going to know if it's something you love. Like I've had girls tell me they want to like get into supercars at the age of like nine and I'm like, oh, have you gotten on a motorbike or a quad bike or something yet? Or like 
Have you gotten into like a little go-kart or gone higher carts, you know, like just anything that you can kind of put a helmet on and go riding or driving anywhere and anything. And they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Like, like go jump in something. And I know it's not easy. Like you can just go tomorrow and go and get in something. But it's look for the opportunities and look for what you can start on and, Obviously, with most kart clubs, it's so easy to try, go to a try day and um, it's also word of mouth, who you know, and just getting into the environment of motorsport helps um, with people even coming to my dad's business, which is the pit stop karting, the hire carts, and they can walk in there and say, oh, we're interested in, you know, go-karting, but dad has nothing to do with the kart club. Like, he can still put you in a direction of what you can do to start and it's mainly just jumping in something like give it a go otherwise I don't think you'll ever know if you really want to do it awesome well Maddie it's been great to have you on the pod today I absolutely love what you're doing and you're doing really well so yeah wishing you all the best for the rest of the year and everything you've got coming up and yeah thanks again for joining me that's okay thank you very much Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Girls on the Grid. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Maddie's definitely one to look out for and I'm really keen to see how she goes for the rest of the season and what she's got coming up in the future. But hope you enjoyed. Go give us a follow on our socials to keep up with all the latest eps and we'll be back in your ears next Monday. You've just listened to another Network R production. 